0: Be seated if you haven't already. Go ahead and turn in your copy of God's Word to Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. So not the Gospel of Mark this morning, Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34. While you guys are turning there... I know I said this before mr. bill but I love you man you, mr. bill is one of my best friends a lot of ministry together for the last 16 years so super thankful for you man I said this before too if you haven't spent time with mr. bill you should give him a call have a cup of coffee together I know he and Yvonne would love to have you over just for some fellowship All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I do want to thank you for the friendships that we have in the life of our church family. Help us to not take one another for granted. We've been saved, God, by your grace. We've been made new in and through Christ through the wonderful gift of faith. And part of the joy of our salvation is the friendships and the relationships that we have as brothers and sisters. It's So easy in the busyness of life to forget. First of all, Jesus, how amazing you are and how desperately we need you. And then secondly, how great we need one another and that we get to share life together that we get to gather on this beautiful Lord's Day to be able to sit underneath some trees on a piece of property that you provided and that we can laugh together and we can cry together and we can talk and fellowship and most importantly now, we can read and study your word together. So God, we pray that you'd be glorified and honored that you'd use this time To conform us into the image of Christ or maybe there's someone today that's not in Christ and today will be the day of salvation that God graciously grant so we pray for that as well and it's in the wonderful name of Christ that we pray together amen so today we're going to talk about the sin of worry and I use the word sin you know sometimes worry anxiety Maybe we don't see it as sinful as it really is, of our lack of trust in our Lord. So this morning, if I had you to raise your hand, if you've ever worried about something before, you've ever been anxious, if we're all honest with ourselves, we're all gonna raise our hands. We've all sinned in that way. It really is a worship disorder. It's sin, because instead of worshiping the Lord God Almighty, we get focused on ourselves and our circumstances. Maybe we could label it, if you wanted to try to be a little funny, the what-if-isms. What if this happens? Or what if this happens? Or Pastor Eric, what if this happens? Or what if this happens, right? And if we're not careful, we get caught in all the what-ifs, the what-ifs, the what-ifs, the what-ifs. And you guys know as well as I do, most of the time, those what ifs never happen. And even if they do happen, God is still good. God is still faithful. His steadfast love endures forever. As Brother Bill has already mentioned, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Even when the circumstances of life are very hard. The great English pastor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I've been reading a book by him the last few weeks, and he said this, he said, the Christian should never, like the worldly person, be anxious, agitated, frantic, not knowing what to do. Well, why is that the case? He goes on to say, because the Christian has someone, the worldly person, does not have and that someone we know is our lord and savior jesus christ to be worried or anxious implies a lack of trust or confidence in jesus you know as i read that i had to say ouch guilty as charged I had to do a lot of confessing a lot of repenting i can't even tell you the number of times i've sinned against god because of worry or anxiousness i mean it would be thousands upon thousands of times just in that one area of my life so my goal today that we as christians would be challenged to not worry but instead to trust in the hand of our almighty god in each in every situation and so may God's word help us let's go to Matthew chapter 6 now verses 19 through 34 So let's read this passage together do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and money therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air we get to do that right now right we get to hear them they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Or in some translations, it talks about a cubic to his statue. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. So think about the grass and the flowers that we see around us. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, when we think about worry and anxiety uh, in this passage, the Greek word is merameeno, and it's a combination of two different words. It's the the Greek word merizo, which means to divide. And then the other word is not nos, which is mind. So it really means to have a divided mind. It can also mean to be torn or ripped apart. Think about when life, it feels like you're being pulled in all kinds of different directions. That pretty much sums up how I feel most of the time of being pulled in all kinds of different directions. I'm so prone to worry. In the Bible, the word typically is translated worry, anxious, anxiety, or care. It really is an over-concern for the future. Now, let me say this on the front end. Let's not get worry confused with diligent care and concern towards our responsibilities, okay? It's not sinful or wrong for us to plan and to think about the things of the future that's good we could go to a lot of places in the Bible you know that tell us uh, to be prepared or to save uh, to plan all of those things are good we Work, working and planning while being de- dependent upon God is being a good steward however we must be content that in all of our planning God is sovereign and he may very well change the plans that we have and if you're anything like me and i know that you are because we're all made in the image of god probably every week things don't go the way that we plan proverbs sixteen nine says the heart of man plans his ways but the lord establishes his steps That's proverbs 16 9. you see God knows what is best for his glory and his honor and what each of us needs to be conformed into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, there's an old German word for worry as well that means to strangle or to choke. That's exactly what worry and anxiety can do to us. It can almost be like mental, emotional, emotional, Strangulation. Worry can cause many mental and physical afflictions. Examples would include ulcers, stomach ulcers, panic attacks, upset stomachs, being jittery, agitated, right? And probably, again, all of us to some extent have experienced some of those things. So there's four truths from our passage today as we go back of Matthew chapter 6 that I want us to see. The first truth I've already stated, but it needs to be said over and over, worry or being anxious is sinful. That's truth number one this morning. Worry or being anxious is sinful. You may ask, well, how can you say that, Pastor Eric? Well, look back at verses 25, 31, and 34. In verse 25 therefore I tell you this is Jesus talking do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing I mean what does Jesus say there he says do not be anxious about your life look down at verse 31 Jesus says do not be anxious Again, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And then finally in verse 34, what does he say? One more time, do not be anxious. And he goes on from there. It doesn't take rocket science for us, right? If Jesus commands us to not be anxious or to not worry about something and we choose to worry or be anxious, we're in disobedience. We are in sin against God. Our God the King James says to take no thought for so Jesus commands us here three times to not worry it's one of those sins that if we're not careful we don't see how significant it is think about it this morning when we choose to worry or be anxious in front of our family, our friends, or one another, our coworkers, our community, to the lost, what are we saying about our God? Is he not good? Does he not have all authority, all power, all wisdom? Can he not handle our situations? Well, we know the answer to all those things, don't we? But sometimes the way we live says otherwise. Isaiah 26, three and four says this, you God, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. That's the key. Whose mind, whose thoughts are stayed on God because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, an everlasting rock. He doesn't change. He's always faithful. He's always good, he always takes care of his people. So worry really is sinful because it's a lack of trust in the Lord God Almighty. Now let's go to the second truth that we'll see in verses 19 through 25. Not only is worry sinful, the second truth is worry is a form of idolatry, or idol worship. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Eric, you're going way too far if you're going to say that worry is idol worship. Well, you know, idolatry means to worship someone or something else more than God. We're desiring something more than God, we're putting something else before God. And what do we typically worry about? We worry about our health, we worry about our finances. We worry about our relationships. We worry about what maybe other people think about us. We worry about our position, our stuff, our reputation. And I could go on and on and on. And if you connect the dots, when we're worried or anxious about those things, instead of focusing on the Lord God, we're focused on ourself. We're focused on those things. We're putting those things above simply honoring and glorifying the Lord can I put it to you really plainly you want to know why we worry so much because we love ourselves too much if Pastor Eric loved God with all of his heart soul and mind 24 7 I wouldn't worry but that's the problem I don't 24 7 walk in the power of the Holy Spirit Loving God with all of my heart, soul, and mind. Now that's what we should strive to do. But we also understand we fall short. And we sin against God because sometimes we live in the flesh. And that's why we're constantly repenting. Confessing our sin before the Lord. And having to look to Jesus. And having to look to the cross. Having to be reminded of how much we've been forgiven of. Having to be reminded of our new identity in Christ. I sure hope and pray you're doing that if you're in Christ today. If you're not, well, we'll p- repent right now. You should be looking to Christ every moment of every day. Look at verses 19 through 21. Look at what the text says. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Not gonna be anybody stealing anything up in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about the, the word usages here, there, excuse me. Jesus gives us some examples. He uses the word moth. He's talking about clothing. You know, in that particular culture and context, the rich a lot of times would wear wool clothing and it was susceptible to be messed up by the moths. And so he's telling them, don't get caught up in your clothing that the moths can so easily destroy. We can think about that in our own time. How much time and energy do we put into our clothing? Now, some of you may be like, well, I don't really do that much. Well, praise God. How do we look? What do others think about us? Okay, now let me say on the front end, yes, we do need to wear clothes. So let's make that very clear. And we should be presentable before the lord okay and we're not talking about that but you guys know when when you're being vain or really focused on yourself and what other people may think or say about you then he goes on to talk about rust now that word rust can also be translated worm or insect okay it, it simply is getting at the meat the eating away or the corroding household and outdoor items do not last forever. You can look at our fire pit there. It has rust on it. Uh, Living in South Florida, it will not take long and your car will get rust on it. It's, it's a pretty brutal climate. uh, when we think about those kinds of things now in that particular context, it's probably referring more to grain and those kinds of things being an agricultural society that so easily could be destroyed by the worms and by the insects. Again, there are material things that we need and we do need food, but we have to be careful that we don't get consumed in all of these things that are simply going to rust or corrode or waste away. And then he finally mentions the word thieves. Just like in the first century, people stole things. Guess what? People still, uh still, still things today. <laughs> up to say that back-to-back. Back. Think about all the time, effort, and energy that we put into our car alarms and our house alarms. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do those kinds of things, but just be careful. We can get so caught up in protecting all of our stuff. First John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, we've said it a thousand times. When you stand before the Lord God Almighty, he takes you home. You're not taking anything with you. Where do we put most of our time, effort, and energy? Again, guys, I understand we all have bills to pay, okay? So in no way, shape, or form is Jesus or am I saying to not work and to not do our due diligence, taking care of the things that the Lord blesses us with and not that we can't enjoy those things. But we must be careful that we don't get consumed with the things of the world. Now, instead of focusing on earthly or temporal things, what does he say in verses 20 and 21? We'll focus your attention on spiritual or eternal things. Lay up your treasures in heaven, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Have you ever noticed that we spend a lot of time talking about missions, whether locally or globally? There's a reason why we have a missions moment, because every single Sunday we need to be reminded What's the Christian life really about? It's about God. It's about his glory. It's about the gospel going to the ends of the earth. And in order for that to happen, what, what has to happen in every local church? A dying to self. A the sacrificing. There's a reason why, Amy, I think we're up to, what, 27% of our budget, give or take, is, is towards Missions. Our heart should be about the gospel. Think about your finances. Think about your checkbook. Think about how you spend your time. Are you really focused on eternal things? How much time do we spend studying the character of God? This time in the word. There's a reason why we have so many Bible studies throughout the week. If you're anything like me, we need to be reminded We need God's Word. We need to be exhorting and encouraging one another. And I get, guys, not everybody can go to every single Bible study that there is. Sometimes you have to work late at night. But there's a reason why we spend time in the Word together. How much time do you spend in prayer? Maybe with your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or brothers and sisters in the Lord or maybe just your own personal quiet time. When was the last time that you spent extended time before the Lord? Do we pray for our missionaries? When was the last time we shared the gospel with someone speaking about eternal things? Think about Thanksgiving this week. Praise God for the wonderful food that the Lord probably has already blessed us with and what will be cooked in the days to come. And we should enjoy that and give God thanks for those things. But more important than the physical food that we will enjoy, is hopefully the spiritual conversations that will be had around our living rooms, our dinner tables. I'm sure I speak for all of us, we have someone in our family that still is in need of salvation. Will we pray for them? Will we point them to Christ? Will we invite them to church? Right? I could go on and on and on about eternal things. And if we're not careful, We can spend our time scrolling through our Facebooks, our Instagrams, social media, videos, movies, etc., etc. Think about how you use your time. And by the way, social media doesn't have to be a bad thing. Use it for the furtherance of the gospel. I mean, all, all of these things can be used in a way to honor the Lord. But let's move forward. Verse 24, he goes on to say, we can only have one master. We either serve God and live to please him. Or we're going to serve self and money and leave and live to please self you can only have one master hey you don't ride the fence with Jesus he's the Lord God Almighty he is the master he's the Lord it's not myself it's not money it's not anyone else it's God So worry is the outward expression of idolatry in the heart the things that we think about the most or are most concerned about can reveal idols within our hearts so let's move forward to the third truth so not only can worry be a form of idolatry not only is worry sinful but the third truth this morning is worry is unbelief it's a lack of trust In God let's look at 25 through 34 in our text now we've already read verse 25 a couple of times of not being anxious about what we're going to eat drink and wear. those are the typical basic needs of things that we can be concerned about praise God we have food on our tables and if you don't this morning please let somebody know right is that not what a local church is for Nobody should be going hungry around here. Everybody should have something to drink. That's why we gather as believers, is so we can serve and love one another. So if you know someone that's in need of their basic needs like that, then may we minister to them as the Lord has blessed us. Why should we not worry about those things? Why should we not lack trust? Well, look at verses, look at verse 26 look at what he says look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they there's so much we can learn from nature isn't there this is one of the joys and benefits of meeting outside you know a lot of times there are birds singing they're not singing too much at the moment does god not provide for the birds All the critters and animals. It's by God's design. Are we not worth more, of more value than they? Who's the crowning glory of God's creation? Human beings, people. Whose image are we made in? God's. You know what makes a person a person? We've talked about this a thousand times. We're made in the image of God. That's it. God's design. So every person has value and dignity and worth and God says that he will take care of his people. Have we forgotten who our father is? Psalms 37 25 and 26 you don't have to turn there but I'll read it for us. God says and this is what the psalmist says the Lord was leading him I have been young and now I'm old yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread he is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing we could spend hours upon hours right thanking the Lord of his provision in our lives we may not all have everything that we want but God sure does provide everything that we need And many times, he provides us with the things that we want, too. He's very gracious and merciful to us. And then verse 27, he goes on to say there, Matthew 6, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Or, I think the King James talks about uh, adding a cubic to your statue. And the reason why, that Greek word, it can be translated either way, time or time. Distance. At the end of the day, it means the same thing. You can't add any days to your life. Days are numbered by the Lord. And you can't make yourself taller. I mean, you can, I guess, get on the monkey bars or whatever and think that if you hang there, maybe you'll get another inch or two. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you hang there for a really, really long time, (laughs) your body stretches out. Maybe you get a little bit taller. But the point is, God is in charge. He's in charge. We just need to trust him. Then look at verses 28 through 30. Some of the kids are probably going to go home today and try to just hang on to the monkey bars or whatever. If I just hang here long enough. Verses 28 through 30. Look at what he says. Why are you anxious about the about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these i mean think about that guys solomon and all of his glory we don't have time to go there but all of his wisdom all of his prestige all of his majesty all of his prosperity even the queen of sheba her her breath was taken away and she said the report that i've been given is not even half the truth when she saw it with her own eyes as great and as glamorous as all of that was it doesn't compare to god's glory doesn't compare to the lilies, the flowers of the field. And then look at verse thirty. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, because they would use the grass for fuel, will it not will he not much more clothe you? And then look at what he says. Oh you of little faith. God's really exhorting and challenging the disciples those that he was speaking to in this context. Oh, you of little faith. Look around, see how I provide. Do you not think I'm going to take care of you? Jesus describes warriors as people of little faith. We trust too little in our God. John MacArthur says this, we freely put our eternal destiny in his hands Talking about our salvation, but at times refuse to believe that he will provide what we need to eat, drink, and wear. How sad is that? I mean, if the Lord God Almighty has the power to save us, which he does, and he graciously and mercifully saves us in Christ if you've repented of your sin and you've trusted in Christ alone for your salvation, do we not think that God will take care of our basic needs every moment of every day? Oh, we of little faith. But we must exercise that faith in trusting Him moment by moment. Look at Luke chapter 8, 22 through 25. Flip over to Luke 8. You know, we can learn so much from the disciples. Sometimes we can look at them and be like, oh, they were just a bunch of knuckleheads. They just didn't seem to get it. Over and over, we see their human frailty. Guess what? We're a bunch of knuckleheads too. And over and over, we just don't get it. Well, let me say that about myself. I won't call y'all a bunch of knuckleheads. Pastor Eric's a big old knucklehead and so many times, I don't trust the Lord. Luke eight twenty-two through 25. One day, he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said unto them, "Let us go across to the other side of the lake." So they set off. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. So Jesus is asleep. A windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling filling with water and were in danger. Okay, I'm sure they were scared. I would have been too. I don't really like being out on the sea anyway. So you guys know that. So they're struggling. Look at verse 24. And they went and they woke him and saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And they ceased and there was a calm. And then look at what he says in verse 25. Where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds, the water, and they obey him? Had they not been with Jesus enough? And they did have faith. But Jesus is asking them in the moment, where's your faith? Do you not know who I am? Fully God, fully man. Have you not seen my power and my authority over and over? Do you not think that I love and care about you? I'm not going to just let you drown and perish. I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Many times we are like the disciples, are we not? We have faith by God's grace as believers. But do we always exercise that faith moment by moment? You know, speaking of exercise, if you go to the gym, you know, when you walk in there, there's lots of weights and things. I don't ever see those weights picking themselves up by by themselves. You You don't walk, walk in and the weights are just... Right? I mean, you have to... You have to exercise in that you pick up the weights, however much you can handle, and you put in the effort and energy. Okay? God is the one who gives us our faith. He gets all the glory and honor. But guess what? You are responsible to walk by faith, to exercise your faith, to trust the Lord in the moment. And that leads us into our last point. So not only is worry a sin of disbelief or lack of trust in God, the answer to worry, truth number four, we'll let our plane go over. Speaking of faith, whoever's in that plane right now has faith, don't they? They have faith that that plane's gonna keep them up, that that engine's gonna work, that whoever designed that thing knew what they were doing. We exercise faith in so many different ways. So the answer to worry is an obedient or an active faith. And so this is going to get really practical. Here's how you deal with worry. This is how you deal with anxiety. It's being obedient or active in your faith. Look at verses 31 through 33. Back in Matthew chapter 6. 31 through 33. Jesus goes on to say... Do not be anxious. Again, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You guys know that to be true. The world's trying all those things. I mean, it's. I mean, we're about to enter into the Christmas shopping season, right? All that stuff. And again, I'm not saying don't go shopping, you know, all those things, but we just get so consumed, so many advertisements, right? We're just bombarded all these things but as Christians look at verse 33 this is the key Jesus says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you our Heavenly Father knows exactly what we need when we need it and he says you know what if you'll seek me first seek my kingdom Seek my righteousness, my rule, my will, my authority. I'm gonna take care of your needs. That's our good, good father. That word seek means to attempt to find or to obtain something. It's it's to strive to learn about, to desire. For the kids here, think about when you play hide and seek. You gotta put some time, effort, and energy into finding the person if they're doing a good job hiding. You're seeking after them. Think about adults. If you misplaced, let's say $1,000, if you have that in your home, you probably are going to seek after it, where you placed it, or your wedding ring, if you've ever lost that before, or maybe your keys. You're going to take the time to try to find it. How much time do we spend seeking After God, trusting him, getting to know him, understanding more and more his character and how good and great and faithful he is. It does take time, effort and energy, guys. By the way, by God's grace, you had to get up this morning and you came here. And I hope and pray your main motive in coming was to learn about the Lord God Almighty and to worship him. That took some effort, exercising of your faith. And then look at verse 34. God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. All right, my pages are blowing around here. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble let tomorrow worry about tomorrow God holds your day holds your today's and if he blesses us with tomorrow's he holds our tomorrows focus on today there's enough going on today to keep you busy doesn't mean you don't plan about tomorrow but don't get agitated and anxious and worried about tomorrow. Guess he'll be there tomorrow. God. And the next day. God. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. Let me give you some practical biblical wisdom. Just a couple passages as we close out. And our time is drawing nigh. You know, people often ask, I I do a lot with this as a biblical counselor. You know, anxiety, depression, worry, and, you know, there's all kinds of, views on medications and those kinds of things and at the end of the day guys you know those are things you have to take up with your doctor and i do understand there's physical things of just god has made us to be physical beings but here's the truth regardless of your makeup the way god has made you because we are all different we all have different personalities the things that i've shared with you today and the last couple things that i'm going to share it's true for all of us We all need to apply the gospel to the inner man, to our hearts of what it looks like for us to trust the Lord, to trust his word. Like, none of us can say, well, I just can't do that. Well, if you're in Christ, do you have his spirit? Do you have a copy of God's word? You probably do. So we can't, like, just fall into the excuses of, well, it's... You know, you just don't know I, how I am and all these things. Okay, you're right. I'll give you that. I don't know everybody. I don't know all your ins and outs. But I know who God is. And I know that his grace is sufficient. And I know that his spirit will comfort and take care of us. So here's some very practical things. If you want to defeat worry, anxiety, or panic in your life. Number one, you got to live by faith. According to your new identity in Christ. But so first of all, you've got to be born again you got to be a Christian. You have to turn from your sin and place your faith and trust in Christ. And once you've done that, you know what 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 18 says? I'm not going to have us turn there and read all of that. But that passage talks about the love of Jesus Christ controls us. Are you controlled this morning by the love of Jesus? Verse 17 in that passage says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have a new heart. You are a new person in Christ. He will help you. By the way, who's the greatest counselor of all time? Jesus. I don't care what all the world has to offer. They're not going to give you anything better than Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is who will help you through whatever it is that you're struggling with. Number two. So not only do we have to live by faith, but an active faith, exercising our faith. Number two, you have to take everything to the Lord in prayer, which is a dependence upon the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'll just read it. You guys know this passage. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which if Pastor Tom would was here, he would say, and more prayer, and with thanksgiving, which is more prayer, just a thankful heart prayer, let your requests, which would be more prayer, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, so instead of being anxious, pray, pray some more, pray some more, and pray some more. And as you're praying, you should be asking the Lord, Father, what would you have me to do in this situation? God, what does your word say about this? And if you don't know, we all have cell phones. Text or call a friend. Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you kind of help me think through this? Help me to pray about this? Here's a really good question to always ask yourself. What's gonna bring God the most glory in the situation? Is that not what we want to do as Christians? God, what's going to bring you the most glory? I want to honor you in this difficult thing that I'm facing right now. Because we all face difficult things. So hear me say that, right? We all have trials, tribulations, afflictions, adversities. They're not going anywhere. But is God good and faithful in the midst of them? Yes. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it this way. He said, faith is a refusal to panic because of circumstances. Faith must hold on to truth. And live according to what it knows to be fact faith must be applied to every situation when we are agitated distressed exhausted or worried we must go to him in faith faith reminds us of his exceedingly great and precious promises and then finally the third thing you can do is focus on the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Go back to Romans 12, 9 through 13 that we read earlier. That's a kingdom mindset. Focused on God, focused on others. So many practical words of wisdom that are there. There's, you know, when you're so busy focusing on God and focusing on living out the gospel, Guess what you're not going to have time to do so much of? Worry or be anxious or to get consumed in your circumstances because you're delighting in Christ. You're treasuring in Christ. You're focused on him. Dr. Jones goes on to say, Faith is not something that acts magically or automatically. It has to be exercised. Worry is not a trivial sin because it declares to the world that our Heavenly Father is not trustworthy to his word and his promises. Somehow, God is either unloving or not powerful enough to handle our situations. This is basically what we say when we worry. Worrying defames the name of God. We belittle the God of the Bible who saved us when we choose to worry. As we started our service today, I end with Isaiah 40, verse 8. By the way, as I read this, William, William DeHart, are you over there? I got the son of eyes. There you are. I want to say this. If you haven't learned from a kid lately, may I encourage you to do so? One of the joys of teaching, especially the sixth graders, is the childlike faith. You know, I get the joy, there's actually four in our church that I get to teach. William, Brooke, Grant, and Luke, Luke Stevens. And so, William, for the glory of God, this is in honor of you, because this is your passage. William has quoted this to me many, many times, and I thought about him this morning. Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever so William thank you for ministering to my heart through God's word let's stand and let's close in prayer so we'll pray and then we'll sing together Lord thank you for the truth of your word Lord, please forgive me as I've already said today I know I have sinned many times through worry and anxiety It definitely is wrong God it doesn't glorify you so would you help me and would you help my brothers and sisters to look to Jesus with the eyes of faith in all areas of our life there may be some really big things going on right now in the lives of your people or maybe just some little things that we're just struggling with God you know our hearts you know the needs of the hour and I just pray that your truth your spirit will minister to each heart, each situation. Help us to exercise our faith. And then, Father, I do pray, maybe there's one here today. They they don't have the capacity to trust you because they need a new heart. God, I pray that you grant them a new heart, that you take their dead hearts and make them alive in Christ. Give them eyes to see. God, may they repent and look to Christ with the eyes of faith, that today would be the day of salvation. And so, Father, now as we sing, may we worship and honor you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, let's remain standing and we'll worship the Lord through song.